I didn't set out to be the CEO. In 2010, our then CEO, who was five years from his retirement, had an arrangement with the board that no one knew to prepare internal candidates for his succession. I didn't really understand I was on this journey to be considered to be the CEO. Then he had a real conversation with me of, oh, now we're like less than two years away before I'm going to make an announcement. So it's now you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. Today, I'm in Lansing, Michigan, and I get the unique privilege and honor to talk to somebody who's really accomplished quite a bit. That's really an incredible story. Ladies and gentlemen, let me present to you the president and CEO of MSU Federal Credit Union, and that would be April Klobus. April, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up? Oh, absolutely. So I am from Bay City, Michigan, and I grew up most of my life in Michigan. I did spend, uh, you know, maybe five to six years living in other states with my family before we returned to Michigan, but graduated high school from Bangor John Glenn. So where did you go to college? I went to Michigan State University. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What did you study? I studied marketing in the college business. It was probably like my third or fourth major choice, but that's where I finished. Why did you decide to get into marketing? Well, I had come to school to be pre-law, in all honesty, and I had spent a lot of time preparing for a career as an attorney. And when I started doing some of the schoolwork, I just started working through like, I'm not sure this is what I want to do. Mostly I started I had a class assignment where you had to interview attorneys, and I had to interview different types of practicing attorneys. So I interviewed a prosecutor, I interviewed a defense attorney, corporate lawyer, and I was like, I don't know that this sounds like fast-paced and interesting enough, right? And and so then I started exploring majors, and I was already taking some business courses, and really took a marketing class, and it just it. It felt right, and so I finished out in marketing, and it's actually where I spent most of my career before this job, yeah. Speaking of which, after you graduated from college, where did you land your first job? My first job was with Monroe Auto, which is an automotive supplier located right here in Michigan, except I was assigned the Chicagoland area as my territory, doing Corporate sales, I show the corporate clients, which were Kmart and Track Auto. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, it did not last long. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't your cup of tea. Yeah, I think you have to be, have the perspective of 1994, which is a long time ago now, in the work environment and being at the time probably one of very few females in the role and just the industry expectations, and it, it was not a work environment where I could thrive. So how did you start to put your foot into banking finance? Yeah, well, this was everybody, oh, this is not my, like, sat around and had a good dream job. It was, for me, I had a marketing background, and so after I left Monroe Auto, I actually went to a company in the Metro Detroit area called Lighting Supply. And they were a commercial lighting distributor, and I did their marketing. What that meant was I did catalogs of light bulbs and trade shows for the facilities team at your corporate office, right, and the light bulbs that they might need to buy and really handled the marketing for this company. And so I really enjoyed marketing. I was in the Metro Detroit area, 
and wanted to come back to the Lansing region. My now husband was here. He was working at Michigan State. So I just started looking for jobs, to be honest with you, in the old-fashioned way of a newspaper back in the day. And I was a member of the credit union from my time at Michigan State. There was a marketing job open. And I had been, while working at Michigan State University as a student, I had been a marketing intern in the union building. And the credit union had an office location for a branch in the union. And I often had to call the vice president of marketing at the credit union for things, right? Will you put an ad in this student event program? Will you sponsor this? Can you give us trinkets? And <laughs> when the when I saw the ad, I was had a memory of, oh, I remember this experience and, and the woman that I worked with at the credit union. So I applied. Turns out she remembered me from my time at MSU as well. And then I was hired in as a marketing specialist in 1996. When you graduated college and you entered the workforce, yeah. okay, you newly minted college graduate, did anybody give you any advice as far as starting your career or anything else? No. We were talking a little bit as we were getting ready. Right? I'm a first-generation college student in my family, and so I have working-class parents, and my mom actually grew up on a farm in Michigan, and so navigating college and then after college, what I knew was I had worked and put myself through college and I needed a job after college. And when in the time that I graduated and I had a marketing degree, your job options were really to be a salesperson for some company. And so I went through rounds and rounds of interviews and landed with Monroe Auto. And that's why I said it just wasn't the place for me, right? I didn't go to do sales. I did wanted to do marketing. I wanted to do like the traditional marketing, right? I wanted to promote products and services to customers, in our case, members. And so to me, it was I had to work my way back to doing what I considered the marketing experience. And so then I ended up here. So it wasn't about banking or finance. It was about doing marketing. So you were saying before about being a, a first generation college graduate. That's yeah. must have been proud. My mom is very proud of me. We talk about it a lot. I give my mom all the credit for how I got to my journey and how I was able to be successful. And my dad left when I was 10. And so my mom was single mom to myself and my brother for since I've been 10. She really had a lot of expectations because she didn't want me to experience what she had experienced, right? She didn't have a chance to attend college. She didn't have the maybe income potential as a single parent that is afforded people who went to college. And so it was a very big emphasis in our household of study, get grades, work really hard, go to college, and you'll be able to support yourself. And I tell that story all the time. And my mom is like, and I'm like, mom, I am where I am because of who you are, right? Indeed. Yeah. Beautiful. So you've got hired in at the credit union. As a marketing specialist. As a marketing specialist. So talk to us a little bit about navigating the corporate ladder. How did you start to start to really make a name for yourself and climb those rungs? Sure. So you have to be in perspective. I know people maybe know what our organization looks like today. 1996, 27 years ago, we had 100 employees at the credit union. We were a $400 million asset institution, very MSU local into Lansing. So it was really easy to do extra work is what I always tell everyone. So I started in marketing. I'm actually old enough that we did not have internet capable 
programs at the credit union. And when my predecessor in the CEO position became the CEO of the credit union, he had a big focus on we needed to be online and we needed to be able to promote our products and services online. We needed to be able to serve members online and we had nothing online. And so when he became the CEO in the year 2000, it became a big effort and initiative for the credit union to become wired online. The true story is he came and said, hey, we need a website and I'm the one marketing employee reporting to the vice president of marketing. And we may have had an intern or a second person that was, we always had felt like one employee and a half. And so I raised my hand because it was like, well, I'm sure that's going to require that I have to work extra because I will need to do my day-to-day already job. And then we're going to do this website and I might make overtime, right? And having put myself through college, that seemed really appealing that I could make a little extra cash, be able to maybe buy some fun clothes and shoes, which was my passion, and pay off my student loans. So it sounded like a great idea. So I literally taught myself how to code a website. And HTML for Dummies was a great book when that came out. (laughs) Hey, I had it, so I'm right there with you. And it journeyed from there, to be honest. And so I spent really from about 2001 to 2009, taking our analog operations and making them digital. And I think some, I spoke to new hires this morning and they asked a a question about my journey. And no, I didn't set out to be the CEO. But what I think happened in that path is a few things. One, I really intricately knew how the organization operated. We took every process and put it online for the member, right? So if you had walked in the door to do a transfer in your account, I had to figure out how that worked, right? And how are we going to put it in a program that now is a home banking program? If you wanted to apply for something online, what were the fields that we needed? And when that button hit submit, what type of output file and how did we get it into the core software to actually open an account for you? And what documentation was needed from the member as they came in, all of those parts You learned how the data and the information and the process flowed, and you also learned all about the service to the member and the expectation and how to deliver that. So I had this unique set of skills that I probably can't be replicated, unfortunately, today to find out how things worked in a new way. And so I got to do that for a long time. And I went from a manager and to an AVP to a VP until 2009. And in 2009, my first boss here at the credit union, the VP of marketing, retired. Then I had the opportunity to also work with our marketing team. In 2010, our then CEO, who was five years from his retirement, had an arrangement with the board that no one knew to prepare internal candidates for his succession and myself and another individual were those candidates. And and I tease him about it. So we have, and I still see him and he lives in town and we joke about it. I really thought, and now I'm sure people can think this about me, he was getting to be a certain age. We were getting much bigger at this point. We were over a billion dollars in assets approaching to, so we just started thinking, well, he, he needs help, right? Like it's getting bigger. So and probably he, he's getting a little older and all those things that as a young person you may assess on a, without the life experience. And so really what happened is the organization uh, leadership was divided amongst the two of us to learn other operational areas of the credit union. 
And we did that for a little bit. And then another organization had a CEO position open. And my counterpart applied for and received that position. I didn't really understand I was on this journey to be considered to be the CEO. But after she left, then he had a real conversation with me of, oh, now we're like less than two years away before I'm going to make an announcement and three years before I leave. And there's not enough time to start preparing other people. So it's now you. <laughs> and and so then I was like, that's what we're doing? I, I wasn't prepared for that. It, most people are surprised to hear this. I'm an introvert by nature. Being the CEO is a very extroverted job. And my boss, he was very extroverted. And so I was like, I can't do that. And then we spent the next two years and, and I learned other areas of the, the organization, board operations and working with our board of directors and all those great things. I tell everybody that every day is your job interview because I felt like that my career path gave me the opportunity. The board knew me from early years when I'm presenting. This is a website at the board meeting because no one knew what a website was or how it worked except for me. I made it. And so you had some experiences that made me uniquely positioned for the role and for people to know me along my journey as we were making and creating new things. Then the board, of course, put me in the role or I wouldn't be here with you right now. We got a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I try to tell that in a succinct way because it's really like this weird journey, right? No, but it's your journey yeah. and I love it. And we definitely need to unpack a couple of things. Uh, but for our audience, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. And when we come back, I'm going to pepper April with all kinds of questions. We'll see you after the break. Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show sent directly to your inbox. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advance notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. Now, to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. Today, we're talking with April Clovis, president and CEO of the Michigan State University Federal Credit Union. Might as well put it all out there for everybody. April, before the break, going back, when you first joined the credit union, this was internet's in its infancy. Not a lot of people are online. Right. They are. They're probably in chat rooms using AOL dial-up or whatever. What I would like to do is like to explore the journey of bringing the credit union online because that, for a lot of people, is a huge like culture shift. Like We were so used to doing everything via paper and members have got to come in. And if you start to do it online, well, the credit union is going to fail or whatever. And I know you probably had some people that may have give some resistance. So talk to us about that that literally like the culture shift going on, going from a pure paper world to online. As I, I was sitting here trying to reflect on that, today I could see what might happen with the employees and the members, right? At the time that I was tasked with this, I was probably young and totally oblivious in all honesty, right? I am a people pleaser by nature. My boss gave me a job and I was going to achieve it, right? 
And so I, I don't remember like all the resistance to online, but I do remember that there was a lot of me explaining and talking about what we're doing. And I oh, think God. that's probably, I have a marketing background, so I probably just looked at, oh, we have a new product, we have a new whatever, I need to tell everybody what it is. And so we did a lot of employee meetings and said, oh, we're going to have this website and here's how you're going to use it and here's what's on it and I'm going to come and sit in your department and you're going to help me because that was also it. I knew our products, but I didn't know how to journey them to the fine detail when a member would call and ask, how do I apply? I knew we had auto loans. I knew the rates. I knew you could apply and come into the branch, right? But then I didn't know what happened. And, and so I did a lot of time shadowing lots of employees and sitting with them, watching what they were doing, and then trying to, for me in my marketing mind, right, draw it on a piece of paper and, and make it look like a web form and figure out if they push submit here, now what's going to happen behind that form and where does it go in touching our core software. And so I think because, again, we were still a smaller organization with just around 100 employees. People knew what I was working on, right? And I knew I was coming and, and, and going to learn from them. And I think the fact that people were helping me figure nice. all those processes out really meant we were all in it. I do remember getting an opportunity to present to our board at that in the earlier years. And it was when we were beyond the first website, but we started having conversations. You talking about AOL and all of that, right? And <laughs> But explaining we're gonna, we need email addresses and that members are going to email us and ask questions. And we needed to have, be able to serve people via an email exchange versus a phone call. I remember one of our board members who was a great human, but at the point was retired and he retired before there was email in the office, right? Sure. I remember being in a board meeting explaining, I remember the hand going up and going, who's going to email us? And what would they write? <laughs> you know, and just like being confused that, well, what do you mean? You don't understand what they might email us. Because I was living this world of we understood people would email you anything, just like they would call and ask you anything. But really then realizing I needed to unpack that information for different audiences at the organization was probably a great learning opportunity for the rest of my experience of everyone is at a different point in their journey with everything. And so how do we make sure we're touching everyone with what the information they need at the time they need it, internal and external? And so then we went on a bigger journey of let's talk about how we're going to use this platform, what for, how will the members use it? And then once it's going live, come back and talk about here's what people are doing Here's the data. I mean, I could probably still this day, but I could at any point, you could ask me how many people applied for their account online versus in person, and I could tell you that number. How many people did a transaction themselves, right, on the home banking versus in the branch and so forth? Because you needed to be able to show the value of the work that you were doing if we were doing it correctly and the members were responding. So it, you became versed in things differently than you used to before. I love how you evangelized the website and understanding who your audience is to be able to explain it to not only employees, but also going up the ladder as well, like you were talking about explaining it to the board. Yeah, yeah, that's the nice part of a small organization. And at the time when you were the one leader that knew the technology <laughs> online, 
He then it was like, hey, you have to come and present to the board. And and that's why I said I had some very unique everyday uh, job opportunities by, I don't know today, that an employee who is working on a project would be invited to a board meeting to explain it anymore. And because now their leader knows it, their leader's leader knows it, all of sure. those things because of our scope and size. But we were a flat organization, and so you had a chance to demonstrate your work and abilities, not only to your direct manager, but to many people. For a little bit of historical context, because you, you mentioned a couple of times that when you first started working here at the credit union, there was 100 employees. Yeah. So what I would like to do is I explore like a little bit about the history. Like yeah. when was the credit union founded? Oh, sure. When you joined it, like where was it at that point in time? We were founded in 1937. Yeah, three years after the Federal Credit Union Act was signed, which is 1934. Our organization, there are people who may not understand credit unions. I'll try to do that real brief. So a credit union comes out of the Federal Credit Union Act, which was to have a banking alternative for people of modest means. We also are chartered to be from the federal charter or a state charter. So our organization is out of a federal charter, means the federal government examines us versus the state government examines us. What that also means is how you're chartered is you can be chartered to serve communities, you can be chartered to serve employers, and we were chartered to serve an employer, Michigan State University. So the faculty, staff had to come together and form the credit union. And the credit union nature is our board of directors are all volunteer. And so for the first 20 years of the credit union's existence, the board of directors were the management of the credit union volunteers. And they ran the credit union for 20 years for the employees of Michigan State University. And by tease today, when I go talk to students, right, we all are used to GoFundMe and all of those types of campaigns, right? But in 1937, if you wanted to borrow, I think we had a maximum limit for a $100 loan, the board would call maybe 10 other members that were in place. Could you bring in $10 on deposit so we can lend it (laughs) over here? Then the board approved your loan and the board knew who you were and they knew where you worked. And the other people over here knew who you were (laughs) that brought in the money on deposit. But that's really the, the, the nature of what a credit union is. The members bring money on deposit. We lend it to the members that need it. And so we operated like that for 20 years. In 1957, the board of directors hired their first employee and her name was Frances Lizneski. And so I really always stop and pause. 1957, first employee manager of the credit union is a female. Fran was the leader of the credit union for 30 years. She was employee number one, and then she leaves in in 1987, and so we're probably at 60 employees or something at that point. But we had an office on a Quonset Hunt and MSU's campus at that point until we moved and grew at that point. Fran is our virtual assistant now, and so that's we named our virtual assistant, our AI chatbot after Fran, because you got to have a great story for your AI assistant. And so today the credit union is, when I started, we were 400 million in assets. When I became the CEO, we were 2.5 billion in assets eight years ago, and we're just about 7.7 billion in assets today. We have a little over 1,100 employees. We are a statewide organization We have 23 branches throughout the state of Michigan and not just local in Lansing any longer. That's an incredible growth spurt 
when you started, there was a hundred. Mm-hmm. Now you're at eleven hundred. Yes, that's like eleven gabillion percent <laughs> increase. That is huge. Yeah, you can feel that some days, right? <laughs> yeah, I meet with new hires every month, and I literally am like, I want to know your name, but I do want to also explain. There's one of me that you will know who I am, of course, and there are eleven hundred employees, and I'm trying really hard to know all of you, but you have to help me, right? I may not remember the first moment I see you, your name or where you are placed in the organization. Let's take a couple of minutes to discuss that. Okay. Because I'm a real big believer in the fact that culture does flow downhill. So let's talk about you, because there's a two-year transition, right? And I I want to make sure that I emphasize that because a lot of people think CEO just says, I'm going to retire and get somebody else in here. Yeah. But there was a two-year period. You step into the role of CEO. Talk to us about your views on culture, employee relations, My predecessor had a great foundation for the organization, and we've always been, if we treat employees well, have great programs, benefit, competitive pay for employees, they will actually want to come work here. And if you want to come work here and you enjoy the work that you're doing, then you may be happier. And when you're happier, you have a better interaction with our members and then they are happier, and then they want to do more business with us, then we have the financial ability to continue that cycle. Now, it sounds so easy, but it does take a lot of work and time. We've made changes, of course, as I've been in the role. We've strengthened a lot of practices. We have a very robust DEI and B program, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. What that means, though, is in the workplace, we relaxed dress code, right? So when I first started working here, women had to wear nylons, right? And you couldn't have hair in any color you wanted. It had to be like natural hair. You couldn't have visible tattoos or piercings and all the very, what I would call traditional banking dress code. And one of the first things that somebody asked me when I became, why can't I have purple hair? And I just looked at the person and I was like, I don't know why you can't have purple hair, right? If you want purple hair, go for it. And so really breaking down the workplace so people, no matter who you are, feel you can come here and be yourself. And that takes away just one more level of work anxiety that give you time to focus on the great work that you can be a part of in our organization. And so we really work at cultivating that. My life goal is that when you wake up in the morning, you're not dreading coming to work at the credit union. And because I've had jobs like that, I've had times maybe with some folks that I might have worked here at the credit union with. And it's for me, it's always, do you like the mission of the work that we are doing in addition to the culture that we have for you as an employee? And they both have to align for who you are as a person. And when you can do that, then I think great things happen. And that's what I think we see in our organization every day. In addition to going from 100 to 1,100 employees, how many branches have you grown to now? So we have 23 today open and operating. We have seven in progress, and those two of those are here in Michigan, and five are in the downtown city of Chicago. Nice. And we also have announced two community bank acquisitions that will provide five additional branches in the suburbs of Chicago. By the end of 2024, we will have an additional 12 branches, so 35 by the end of next year. That's incredible. (laughs) 
how many customers are you currently yeah. servicing? So in our industry, they're members. And members, no, yes. it's okay. I, I just, I can't say customer. I have, that You're would just feel union. really awkward. <laughs> and so for us, it's members. And so today we have 355,000 members and they are nationwide and worldwide. So about 30% of our membership lives out of the state of Michigan, right? That's, yeah. That is incredible. Well, we have lots of eligible members. I always like to remind people that. We're, we're chartered to serve all things Michigan State University and Oakland University. Actually, today I'm wearing my Oakland University colors as I visited their campus earlier today. But Michigan State alone has 500,000 living alumni. Oakland University is slightly shy of 100,000. And so you put that together, right? If everyone who could take advantage of having their, biz their financial business with the credit union, we could be even larger. That is that is wonderful. And I want to go back because you mentioned something earlier about being for the Michigan State employees. Mm -hmm. But now we're talking about students and alumni as mm -hmm. well. So is it literally anybody associated with, with MSU? It's, it's anybody associated who would like to have an account with us. We can open an account for anyone <laughs> today. So we nice. were originally chartered for the employees of the university. Okay. Over time, you work with your regulator and you move through a process to add other constituent groups to oh, your okay. field okay. of membership. And our world is called field of membership. So we expanded to include students, alumni, not just the faculty and staff. And then Oakland University in the 50s was MSU Oakland. And so when they became their own independent university of Oakland University, they were in our field of membership still. And so we actually serve Oakland University as Oakland University Credit Union. So we run OUCU in the Oakland campus area. Then also we, because of our charter, credit unions have very unique ways to be chartered, and we're in charter as a select employer group base, so that's what MSU was. They were our selected employer. But as that, you can add incremental employers, and so we have added, one by one, a lot of employers, McLaren Greater Lansing Hospital. Oh. So though they, there is a regulatory process for approval, the state of Michigan employees, so lots of employers have gone through the process to be approved by our regulatory body that the we will serve them as a credit union as well. And then we also run a foundation that's called the Dust Drawer Fund because we started at a dust drawer on MSU's campus for those first 20 years. If you are a donor to the Dust Drawer Fund, you are also eligible to open an account at the credit union. So if there is oh, okay. a process where maybe you've exhausted all possible connectivity, then you we can accept your gift to our scholarship fund, and then you're a donor to the foundation, and then you become a member as well. One final question I got sure. as you're the CEO. Why don't you share with us the vision of MSU Federal Credit Union? The vision of the organization is to provide superior service with human service and technology working together to provide financial access to all. And when you break that down, really what we're experiencing today is there's always a digital journey to be had. There's always an in-person or on the phone, but a, a human person journey that your business needs to have. And they need to know how to work well together. There are people in our society that only want to do self-service and digital. And there are people who only want human help service. And then there are people who fall in the middle and you have to be able to hand that off back and forth in a, a seamless way. And then I think the pandemic era taught us that the ability to serve the volume that we are at today, we will never be able to hire enough people right now to do only human service. 
So we have to have ways that technology and digital are always working together. So that's in our vision statement because it's, it, it provides the direction for projects. It provides the path for what's the focus of our organization. Branching is a focus for us. That's a human service capacity. But when you walk in, there's a digital component to it. You check yourself in, just like at the Secretary of State now, right? I, do, I can do an online appointment. I have the ability to maybe manage my time in the branch differently because we have digital systems to help you with that. So everybody's working seamlessly together. April, if somebody's listening to this interview and they want to check out more about what MSU Federal Credit Union is about, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, our website is www.msufcu.org. You can certainly type my name in LinkedIn, and I'm sure you'll see lots of things about us online. April, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to chat with us today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. For our audience, you can always roll on over to TotalMichigan.com, click on April's interview, and get the links that she mentioned earlier. We'll see you next week when we talk to another Michigander doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then.